Welcome to another episode of the Piper's Dojo audio experience. And as you may know, I have been collecting some long form conversations with uh, who I consider to be really cool pipe band people lately. And while I was at Winter Storm, I had the chance to connect with Andrew Donlin, who's a funny guy. And we've always had a, a really kind of funny, sarcastic um, relationship uh, where uh, we just give each other a really hard time. And he, he's a fascinating guy. I mean, he when, I, when he started off, I would teach him all the time at the summer schools. And it's now gotten to the point where, um, as we'll discuss in the podcast, he's had some amazing solo piping successes. And he's become a great, great player, uh, super relevant on the world solo piping scene. So Together, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of it pertaining to solo piping and our history together. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, This is, of course, brought to you by Piper's Dojo and Dojo University. So please check out a membership. Head over to dojouniversity.com today to become part of our community. And it would be great to have you with us. But without further ado, a long-form conversation with Andrew Donlin. This is not how I teach my lessons, though. But it's, I mean, it's all in the same vein. Is it the dojo dungeon? There are no windows. So, yes. Yeah, there's only one door. That's but I like can get in and out, hazard. though. I can go in and out as I please. That sounds like a good idea. Tap, tap. Yeah, we're on. It's, we're recording. This is our podcast right here. Hello, podcast world. So, this is Andrew Donlin from uh, the Senate or something. The House. The House. So you, uh, so you're from Germantown. Where do you Maryland. live? Germantown, Maryland. What is that even? What is that? So, in you have D.C., which is part of Maryland. Yeah. Although it's its own city. If you're from Virginia, you think that it's part of Virginia, but you're wrong. Um, Got it. So the main route out of D.C. North, I'm about 25 miles out. Got it. And that's a long way in D.C. because the traffic's so bad, right? Yeah. I got a bit of a cold today. I'm sorry. Uh, but I'm glad. I was feeling pretty crappy last night. And I'm glad this is all it has amounted to. That's good. It's cold out. It, you know when and you like, feel like you're getting sick and it could go either way, right? Like it could get way worse or maybe just result in a cold. This is the weekend of hydration for me. I've already committed to drinking a lot more water this weekend. Yeah. It's very dry here. And it, it's not just because you, you, you drink a, a fair bit when you're here. You specifically. Oh, uh, but also that like the, there's all sorts of barbecue, which is like super salty. I've never had the barbecue here. What if, what do you have? What do you eat? I just get the food downstairs. Yeah, so that's you know salty food. Salty, not yeah. the best for you. No, and then, uh, and then the air is very dry. The hotel's very dry. Yeah, so you have to drink a lot of water when you're here. Like twenty percent humidity. I've got a I've got a cerveza right there. That's like water. That is like water. That's like legit cerveza. It says cer- cerveceria on it. Do you not speak Spanish? Definitely not. That's okay. My wife does. I don't either. So uh, why are you here talking to me? You asked me to. I know. So, <laughs> uh, so how did it go yesterday? I felt good. Felt good. So you played in the silver medal? No. No, you played in the gold medal. And then you played in the gold medal light music. Mm -hmm. But you didn't make the final. I did not. What's up with that? Close enough. You know, they say I was in the conversation. I felt good. It felt like it was the best MSR I've played here in a while. Yeah. uh, It was good. And I was surprised you didn't get in. That happens. I had, uh, of the finalists, two two of the people that were in, I would not have had in. Really? And then you and James Beaumont would have been in for me. I just met him for the first time yesterday. What do you think about James Beaumont? He seems really cool. We go way back. He's also like really good. He's, uh, uh, no, he sucks. Yeah, sure. He's really good. The thing, I, I have a thing, with, I have a complex with James. He Why? beats me at everything. Did he beat you in the silver medal? Yeah. Did he win when you were like third? Yeah. Callum did too, of course, one of the times. But he was like 12. Right. Right. I mean, he won he was the like, first silver medal I was at where I was okay. third. Callum won. And the last silver medal I was at where I was third, James won. That's okay. It's a bit of a, that's not entirely true because Inverness is technically 
I was fourth at Inverness that year. Yeah. And James also played even though he had won. He was going for double silver. But luckily, uh, luckily, he did not place ahead of me. Are you saying that you wouldn't go for double silver if you won Oban? Would you just say call it a day? Dude, if I won Oban, I'm going home early. Okay, yeah. No, you have a family in that. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm kidding, I think. Uh, double silver. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't know. What are the rules? Didn't the rules used to be if you won the silver, you, you were like on the gold for Inverness? I don't know. That was before my time. Yeah, I don't know either. But this year, the Oban winner went to Inverness. And played in the silver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what happens now. I think that's how it works. But it seems kind of weird, right? I would especially do it. if you do, Especially if you take a prize in the silver again. Like, Why wouldn't you? Well, because like, there could be people in there. Like who, the next guy who was about to get a prize but didn't. That kind of stinks, right? Yeah, but if you're putting all the time and effort into learning the set tunes, I would want to play as much as possible. Yeah. That's what I would do. Especially, in, like in your situation, you've been third in the silver medal. Sorry, second in the silver medal three times in a row or something. Yeah, right? three in a row. If I, I was there at Inverness in 2017. <laughs> that was so exciting. You were super stoked. Still am. And then it was cool. Both of them this, this last year. year both you of were them this second. year. Yeah, dude, that sucks. No, it was awesome. But it was you, cool. <clears throat> but you're gonna get an A grade, you think? I, I did. The grading came out, so I got an A grade. So I've applied for the gold medal. But if I don't get into the gold medal, I want to play the silver. And that's how it'll work, right? I so think they'll, so. They'll look at, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll probably get into the gold, right? I, I don't know. I don't it know It would how only be if there was a really high entry into yeah, the gold. Yeah, which there could be. And, you know, maybe they want me to win the silver first. And I want me to play bagpipes well. And, and, and technically, technically the... Northern Meeting and Argyleshire Gathering, they don't have to listen to the CPA. Right. It's, it, so, so there can be changes. And there are people who aren't CPA members who try to enter the right. medals. Yeah, former winners and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and just some people who yeah. just aren't CPA members for whatever reason, I don't know. but That's right. And so the eligibility meeting's like next month, I think. So I'm checking in on that. But... Now, do you have, are these the noise-canceling headphones? Those? Yours. Uh, these technically are noise-canceling. Aren't they're, they great? They're not on yet. I I actually don't, oh, see, that's... that's yeah, not, when they click on. Uh, I actually don't like these. Really? I prefer the over-the-ear ones. Okay. Although these are more practical, the over-the-ear ones are better and more comfortable. Yeah. I, I have the earbuds. You like them? I do. There was a crying like, baby on the way here. Yeah. In, like right in front of me. The, the bows help for that kind of thing. For oh, sure. Great. So, so you're from Washington and you work in politics. Yeah. And so you're in the community. You're, you're promising to come on the podcast and teach me about communications. Oh, I mean, I, I, I have stories about communication gaffes. I'm sure you and do. Things like that. Well, we were talking about branding. Yeah, we were That's, talking about that. We were talking about my brand or lack thereof. Right, which is ironic. As a player. Which is ironic because you do communications for a living. No, no, not communications. No. Constituent service and general aid to congressmen. Got it. That's not entirely dissimilar from what Keegan's doing, right? Right. Kind of similar. Right, yeah. I keep telling him to come down to the hill. Oh my God. I It'd think, be so cool. I think he would be too much of a natural, like... Like right in it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Is he gonna run, Keegan? Yeah, for office. Yeah, probably someday. Because I think he wants to go to law school and stuff. Yeah. You don't. You're not buying it. No. I, I'm, me? No. You're not doing it. God no. Um, I like bagpipes too much. I know, right? Like, I love my work, but they I also think, let me do this. I think it's ironic. Or like it's weird. I'm I'm pretty sure we're like we have extremely opposing pol- political views, and I do not probably I don't want this to be a political conversation. No, but it's weird that to succeed in politics, you have to go all in with your whole life at it. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because on paper, 
conceptually, that's not what you want from a politician. That's one of my favorite things about Maryland, actually. It's a citizen's legislature. So they're in session right now for only 90 days. Everybody else has another job. Got it. So Texas is like that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of state legislatures do that. And it's where they're just like, this part-time. can't be your full-time gig. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they get paid good money. I think it's like 47000 to do the 90-day session. And then you have to go back to Annapolis if you need, but... But especially like in our, the way our democracy is conceived, not necessarily the way it's right. executed, but the way it's conceived is that, uh, lim- like working to limit the powers of any given individual as much as possible. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, but you have to go all in if you want to be a successful politician. So that like by definition means you don't want to let it go. Right. No matter what, because you've gone all in. Yeah. So what do you expect people to do? Like, you know, you, you can't expect people to want term limits when they've dedicated their whole lives to get to where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you have people who are, you know, business owners, doctors, attorneys, you know, people from the defense sector who run for office, but you give so much up when you make that decision. Yeah. Cause you're really making yourself really vulnerable. Yeah. And then you've gone that far and you don't want to turn back. And if you lose, it's, you know, you can't un- unring the bell. Right. It's everything that you put out there in a the campaign is out there. I know a little bit of what that's like as a business, like as someone yeah. who operates like a business in my passion. That's it's hard. Like you put, you have to put a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. Apparently people liked my article about screwing up at the worlds with SFU, but that would be a good example. I don't know that I ever saw that. Yeah. That strikes me as a good article. Like, well, a like Stephen Stephen McCorder and James Beaumont and stuff. They're like, that was really great that you wrote that, and because they were in the band with me at the yeah. time and stuff. Well, Stephen was James wasn't yet, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thing, man. You're a very open person. I've watched your vlogs. Yeah, but the, that's a the vlogs are a perfect example. Like, yeah. Now, like a whole bunch of people are like knowing more and more about you. Yeah, I get confused for you all the time. You get confused for me? Oh, you do? Like, people confuse Interesting. me for you because... How's, I mean, that's... It's the Andrew D thing. Yeah. And then you went and did the CrossFit thing. That was a terrible decision. We'll see. Yeah. Because... Could you use... When you were a young lad, you used to be svelte? No. And never. I was always a little. Always a little, but a little. Not, nothing like... Yeah. Nothing like... Yeah. Nothing like uh, we're working on it. Desk job, Andrew Donlin. Oh, it's the worst. I would recommend it's not that not bad. It's not that job. bad. I'm just giving you well, shit no. because like you're a really easy guy to to uh, give shit to. Well, and you're you very know, receptive you to it. it. Yeah, like you t- you just you're okay with it to a degree yeah. most people aren't. Well, I'm that's a chill why guy. I like you. So I'm a chill much. guy, man. I don't know. I I, you're, I think you're also very sensitive, though. I don't know. I think you are a little bit. I think yesterday when I didn't make the final and I really wanted to, I was bummed. But like, it doesn't ruin the weekend. My tenor drummer won. You're fu- but you're you're funny in the way that you analyze like situations. How so? Because you don't get pissed off. No, but you get super like you get super hyper analytical. Yes, like in, in, and you can see it kind of like like click like click for you. Yeah, it's when I get quiet. Yeah, and then look past. And people. then you start asking like I mean I don't know what you ask other people, but you start asking me. No, questions, it's all the same. Like, like what do I have to do, Andrew? What do I have to do to get better? Well, which, that's, that's which the goal. Which is weird, because, I mean, like, you're, you know, arguably, not. I mean, not officially yet, but you're arguably more successful soloist than me at this point. Not really. Did know. you win the B-Light music yet? No. I haven't even placed in the B-Light music. So I've got you there for now. Not yeah. For, not for long. I Well, I'm working on it. Like, light music's but it was also a different time. really hard on now. I mean, I did all of that 10 years ago. Yeah. It's a different landscape now. I don't know. I I don't know enough of what the B grade was before. I mean, I know the standard's super high right now. Yeah. Somewhere uh somewhere deep in my father's video camera is is my are my performances at uh the year that I won the Bs. What'd you play? I won well, I I played Leaving Longa in the March, but I didn't win the I didn't get a prize in the March. Okay. And then I I was Macbeth Stras Bay and Sheepwife. Ooh. 2004. <laughs> There you go. And then I was up into the A's. That's hard. That. It was fun. I would much prefer playing. I much prefer playing over my head. Yeah. 
where you know where you're trying to take a nick you're trying to take a nick out of like the top players then then like kind of being in the position where you're expecting to be able to right win or something or where, where you're kind of supposed to be a contender cuz then it puts a different kind of pressure on you. Yeah, I remember the first time I came here, I was not graded professional. That was a great performance. Thank you. That's I think that's the best I've ever played here. I agree. And like that's such a bummer because I wasn't even supposed to be playing. But the but reason it, all you the pressure was so gone. Well, that's right. That's because I was trying to so well. catch them and not thinking anything, no expectations whatsoever, and I just went for it. And I remember feeling really good about it. And I, you know, I got fourth in the Peabrook that year, I think. And, that's why and I was I mean, still in grade one. Right. And and that's when they moved me up to professional yeah. after there was a whole thing. There was a whole thing. Carl was part of that too. Yeah. Walk me through what that was. So yeah. You, so the USPBA like got all weird. Well, I mean. With some players, right? With, I think people are just trying to define what professional is. That's been a conversation that somebody's been having with me lately. And you and Carl were both mixed up in that. Yeah. Yeah. Where they was, did it, where you guys were dominant, but they didn't upgrade anybody that right, year. Right. Nobody got moved up. That was so whacked. And it, and it ended up the, Ugh, so I remember that now that I yeah. have washed that out of my memory because <laughs> it's so it's, awful. And then you're, you're bringing it back. Into I mean, brain. no, it's one of my favorite memories because it was the best that I've ever played here. <clears throat> In, in the light music and it's been just trying to get back to that and you know make that kind of jump back into the light music to hopefully get in the final next time but yeah i had won the uspba overall for two years in grade one like played pretty well if you're asking people here's here's the thing if you're asking people what you have to do to win which is kind of what you do yeah you're not going to win like you know, you know what i mean and, and yeah. i don't just mean like i don't mean that only in the literal sense. I also mean that's kind of the, so I'm trying to segue into the branding a little bit again, yeah. but like you, you're exuding uh, an insecurity and I don't actually yeah. think you're insecure, but you, you, uh, you, you kind of maybe exude that a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. That's the thing is like, you know, like you were saying, people have, you know, the good players and you know their story and where they're from and, you know, they have an avatar. Yeah, yeah, it's like those things that you make, little bit emojis where you make that little, that little like avatar of yourself, and then they're able to put it on like, like different graphic overlays on your Snapchat. Yeah, like uh, all the good pipers that are beating you, they all have that. Yeah, I would say so. It's an avatar. It's like a, it's a only partially true, uh, reputation. It's the WWE intro. Yeah, exactly. Without being the intro. And it's not disingenuous. It's stone cold Andrew Donlin. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to I I know nothing about WWE. Um <clears throat> Carl just left, but uh so they upgraded no one and then mm-hmm. there was the whole appeals process. Well, the I was denied on well, it was before the appeal was taken care of and I was allowed to play here in the professional, even though I wasn't moved up at home. <coughs> and then I was fourth in the silver medal. Are those, those are your pipes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just moving rooms. Um, and then I got in to, I, I, I played well in light music. So they moved me up. Right. And then, but with after, once they moved me, they also moved Carl and Kirk Brunson. Right. I mean, all time. three of you yeah. guys, all three of you guys were good. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Kirk used to beat me a lot. I never saw much of Carl just like because of the geography. Right. You know, I was out in Ohio. No, but I mean, you guys were just winning everything. Yeah. But it's fun. It's a fun journey. We were, I was just having somebody just left the band recently who's been in the band for six years. So it's cool, you know, not in any bad way, but when you get to sit back and actually think about the past five, six years where like, for McMillan where we've been, but also where I've been in the solos and how much I've grown. Yeah. Like that's sure. a really cool thing. It doesn't happen quickly until you look back and you realize, Oh, that was only five years ago. Oh yeah. But you know, I think that's, I want to, when you think about branding, like I'm cool just being the lifelong student, always yeah. getting better and always learning. But like, 
that, uh, that makes it very, you know, kind of a facade. You have to, but you have to mix like, you have to, uh, I'm trying to like figure out how to put it in words, but you have to mix your identity with amazing performances. Yeah. And you have to make a cocktail. Like you can't just have an amazing performance. I think you can. And and you can get but rewarded not, for that. But you can be rewarded in the short term. But in the long term, you know, you have to be that guy with traits XYZ that had that amazing performance. It's that something extra. Yeah. Like it's the it's the storytelling. Like there's a storytelling component to all these pipers. I can see that. I think that the judges... Like Alistair really- Lee, right? Like, you know, Alistair Lee is kind of like this wild, crazy, devil-may-care guy who can play Beatles songs on the piano <laughs> who also had those amazing performances. Yeah. And now when he comes up and plays, you're really keen to hear what he's going to do today. And you're, you subconsciously have a positive bias towards that player before they even start their tune. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you have that yet. No, I don't think so. Because there's a consistency issue with my and, playing. And you know, like, like, and then, but I also don't think you can conjure it up consciously. It has to happen organically. But, but like, yeah. Sometimes I feel like you come off as, and I don't know what the right word is. Like, apologetic isn't the right. Right. Or an insecure isn't the sheepish. right word either. Yeah. Like a mature sheepishness. Yeah, like that mature sheep. Maybe that's your. Avatar, man. I don't know if that's the. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's the. If that's going to be the angle that you want. No, I Just mean, think of like all like like Stuart Little, right? If I say Stuart Little, there's a, there's like a picture that pops into your brain right away. Yeah. Bill Livingston picture pops into your head right away. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, another great one is like Murray Henderson. Like I just have such a, and I don't know him that well, but I have such a vivid picture in my head of Murray Henderson. I never got to see him play live. Yeah, I mean, it's... Like, I, I know him. He's an amazing player. Yeah, he's a great guy. But human. Like, all yeah. these guys, like, all these guys, uh, you listen to him enough and you realize, oh, those guys are humans just like me. Yeah, but they're all really good. Like, their, their yeah, but, bad day is still so good. But if you sit there and watch enough, you can't... The first time you see them, you're going to be blown away. But, like, the 80th time you see right. them, you're going to be like... You know, I can kind of see how they got from where I am right now to where they are right now. That is the weird thing. When, like everybody's human, right? Yeah. It's a cool journey. Yeah. I think that's like just me as a person, like looking at personal growth and you My know. thing I can't do like see I I can't do the period of time after a great performance in between that time and the result. I, you know, I develop an extremely bad attitude immediately. What, yeah. what, I don't mean like bad attitude in the cliche way, but just like it, as soon as I have a great performance, I start dreaming disproportionately about winning. Right. It's like, oh, I think that could win it. I think that might win it. I think that was a great performance. I think I maybe got this, like blah, blah, blah in my head. And that's a bad attitude. You can't have that it, attitude. Yeah. And then when you don't get the prize, then everything crashes and I get like ultra upset and not like, not like I'm pissed off, but just like I get ultra disappointed yeah. and like, and like discouraged and like all of that, the whole courage bubble just pops. And like that though, like that's my, I can't, I can't get over that hang up. Really? Which is weird. Like I, I'm willing and I enjoy the process of preparing yeah. diligently and patiently. And like on the day I don't get too nervous or worked up or whatever. Uh, but then if, if the performance goes well, then I go through that giant, like, it's almost like a, it's almost like a blood sugar spike, mm. like, like a symbolic blood sugar spike. And then you crash if it's not the result that you want, that doesn't validate like your performance the way you want it to. But then I don't know how to handle that. And like, mm. I've been in the game a long time. Yeah. And I think everybody gets pissed off and bummed when they don't win. And what's weird is 48 hours later, not even 12 hours later, like after it's all done, I'm, I'm like one of the quickest people I know to be like, okay, what am I going to do to improve for next time? Yeah. But it's just that little short period of time. Just, you know, it's, I can't, 
I can't. I don't know how to deal with it. So I was trying to explain that to I've, Roddy last night, but he he wasn't having it. Well, I think he was like, "You need to get your pipes out, you dick, and just play more." <laughs> I mean, that's fair though. I mean, like when I have a good performance now, but I, I go tried. to all those. I go to all those dark places. Like, like this is unfair. Oh no! I get it in my head. Like that comes in if I don't get what I want. That that really that really dangerous thought, right? Yeah, it's a dangerous thought because it's something totally out of your control. That's utterly out of your power to change. Yeah, yeah. Like like I, I feel angry. Those people that won that contest and beat me, they just roll out of bed, they go, they drive over to the silver medal. Like I bought a freaking plane ticket. I'm special. <laughs> I'm a unique snowflake. People don't understand how special I am. Right. See, and that goes on like heavy for like a few hours. That's hard though. Like, but I don't know how to deal with it. Like, really? some, some people just deal with it. Like, Alan Bevan's a great example of like, he's just like pure stoic. And he goes, and you know, I'm just going to be the best guy in the field. And I'm expecting to, you know, I'm get never nothing. expecting to get anything. Yeah. But then one, you know, one day you'll get the perfect panel and everything will fall your way. And then that's when you're going to win it. Yeah. It's like, man, it's like, if I play the best, I want to win. Like, I, I had, because of the, the silver medals and, and the way that things have gone lately, I mean, so you, a lot of people have come up to me and said, oh, you're just waiting for the right panel in this. And it's like, fair enough. You know, and, and I can't fault anybody who beat me in the silver medal. That's, well, and and that's it's exactly not their right. fault. Like, they're great players. I mean, Stu Easton went on to win the gold medal, and yeah. I was so happy for yeah, him. I yeah, don't yeah. know him that very well. He's a cool guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Like, I think I don't he's know a great that well person. Either, but yeah, he's super nice. And then, like, Derek Urquhart. And he's amazing. Dude. Yeah. He yeah. sounds wicked. His, so, his gold team this year was so good. He's probably better than you. That's okay. You know what I mean? Like, when he beat you last year, like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, so Callum beat me my first year. I was third at the silver, right? Uh, and then James beat me once. Margaret. Uh, then her name was Margaret Houlihan, Houlihan yeah. beat me once. Uh, Colin Clancy won one year. So all these people I lost to are like, you know, uh, 12 hours later, you know, looking back with a cooler head. It's like, oh, well, yeah, they're I was really probably good. third because I wasn't as good as the winners. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but it's just that little, it's just that delicate time, right? Like you put something out into the world that's like really, really your best and you did so great. And so you, you have all of this optimism I think the idea that you're not supposed to have that because you're probably not going to get anything like I can't I don't know. How does that work? How am I supposed to do that? I've started just riding the high from the play. And then, you right. know, maybe there's that's, five that's what minutes you're supposed to do. It's weird. Like I'm I'm still, you know, insecure might not be the best way to put it. Sheepish. Might be a little strong, but sheepish, sheepish about, you know, am I there? have I arrived and certainly I haven't and I'm going to keep learning, but I feel like, you know, I'm starting to get results and that feels cool. And I've gotten less nervous every year for the past three years. And it used to be really bad. Like I have, I had terrible nerves and like, and I still have bad performances. I played the hornpipe and jig, the premier hornpipe and jig at London this year. Oh, it was so bad. It was so fast. I was so nervous. I'm like tuning up in a room and there's Willie McCallum and Callum Beaumont and all these people. And I'm like, I, I don't belong in this. And, and it was just like this weird thing where I won the B grade hornpipe and jig. Then I won the A grade jig last year. And then this past year. And so I won 2017 or something. Then 2018, I'm in the premier hornpipe and jig at London alongside Willie and Roddy and all these people. And I'm like, Oh, I was so nervous and I played so poorly, but I know that it'll be better next time because, you know, that's how it should be. Yeah. It's practice. Like, that's what I felt so good yesterday. And, and like, while it's a bummer that I didn't make it through, like, you know, you can't fault those 10 players. They are all really, really, really good. Like, looking at that list, it's like I would be honored to be part of that list. Can we talk about how good Cam Webster is for a second? He's so good. I know. Like, I want him to play more. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he he doesn't seem to have the passion for Peabrock playing. I asked him about that. I said, "Do you play Peabrock?" And he said, "No, it's my carpal tunnel." Which, like, I mean, he does. He does play. Peabrock. He does play, but I, I don't think he's like. I don't think he's excited enough about it to like, uh, you know, put the time in to have that catch up to his light music playing. I, uh, I remember meeting Cam for the first time. He was so little. 
and I, it was a weekly when you were there and I, it's the first time I ever heard about the Piper's Dojo. Is this like an Invermark or something? Invermark in Vermont yeah. at Castleton and you were telling Jack about it before you had done anything. Tell me more about what you this heard. Is, this is this, this is, is amazing. Cool. This is really really like a formative two weeks. So it would have been what? It would have been two thousand eight. No, before that. It couldn't have been too much before that. I think it might have been six. Okay. Anyway, tell and, me more. And I mean, there was nothing about the dojo that had even started, but I was there with Rockville High School, right? Uh, the pipe band, and Nick had already graduated, but I grew up. You know, Nick Hudson was my pipe major when I was a kid. Um, that's so awesome. Oh, it was so cool. Like it's, it's cool now when we like, I'm going to try a traveling. microphone experiment that might not work. Do your thing. I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't, I just, people are, might for some strange reason be listening to this. That would be weird. So I want to like explain. So the sound, I'm, I'm going to try to just hold it and see if it doesn't cause too much. So you can sit back. Yeah. Sitting yeah. forward is really starting to, uh, that's hard. Kind of hurt my general. It's like, I need to be able to move the legs. You have to manspread. So far, it's you can hear it all over the place. <laughs> so far, it's not working. It's that not, is right. I, I need to manspread. That's okay. Don't do it in a kilt, though. No. But Don't do that. So, yeah, I, I was with Rockville High School, and I was at we were at Castleton State College. And you were teaching Jack, Eric, Keegan. Did we play like McKeon of Glencoe as a group that year or something? Were you in Massacre that Massacre of Glencoe? No, it was like that little sweet thing that we did. Robbie Beaton and Dan Cole. I, and, maybe, no, I was, because there were three weeks at Castleton. It was the year that they did the band week. Right. And then two solo weeks after. And and you were there for the band week. I was there for the band week and one solo week. And, oh, it was so fun. But I remember, and Eric probably doesn't remember this at all. Which Eric? Eric Olette. Okay. He probably doesn't remember this at all. That he took me through Massacre of Glencoe. Because I was having a lot of trouble memorizing it. And, I mean, it was funny. My brother was at the camp. Um, he was taking drum major class- classes from Eric McNeil. Massacre of Glencoe is just primary, baby. Yeah, but I, I mean, I was green. I, it was like yeah. maybe the first P-Brock or second P-Brock. Isn't that did. so weird? It's so weird. It is weird. That uh, we used to like teach you like... We used to just teach you like how to get through a primary P-Brock and like how to learn it. And now, yeah. now you're like second three times in a row at the silver. Man. That's <laughs> well, bad. That's no, cool. it's cool. It's so cool. But I remember we were in the cafeteria. So how old are you? 24? I'm 26. I'm 26. 26. See, I was really young to be a teacher then. Yeah. That's part of what it was. You, you know? were, but you had, I think you were just, you had just moved back. If, it, if I had just moved back, that was 2008. Okay, then it might have been then. But you were talking to Jack and Donald about for a long the time Piper's I would travel. Dojo. Yeah, for a long time I would travel with Jack from because I lived in Vancouver. Okay, but I would travel back with him to teach the Invermark schools. Okay, uh, and then yeah, and then when I moved back, yeah, there was one or two more years at Castleton. Yeah, Castleton's uh, fond memories. That's great. I mean, all of my piping like development happened at those schools, man. I wish I would have been more. My involved first at those year. Things. You want to hear this? My first year at Castleton was. Wait for it. I'm trying to calculate. Nineteen, ninety, three. Ah, so I was at Castleton. For 15 years before you showed up. Well. Yeah, man. Something like that anyway. I got in, <laughs> I had some fun at Castleton. It was a great place for all sorts of like uh, foolish yeah. shenanigans by young people. We taped someone up to the wall. I remember that. Yeah. Were you guys involved in the like doing things on the roof and getting in tons of trouble at Stonehill that year? Yeah. You were involved in that too, I think. Yeah. 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 So, like, it's funny because, like, you've known me for a while, but, you know. It's one of those few times anyone has ever witnessed Jack Lee, like, really, really angry. And Paula. <laughs> and, well, yeah, for you, Paula was like, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because you spent a lot of time and when you were coming up, like, with Paula. She was, like, probably your main teacher and stuff. Right? It was Chris Hamilton, actually. Oh, Chris for a while? Yeah. Chris taught um, Nick, Ben, and me. Got it. But Paula knew all of us and guided us 
as right. well. Yeah, yeah. So like it was a really cool teamwork thing that Paula and Chris did because I would have the youth band practice, high school band practice on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I'd have McMillan on Mondays and my lessons with Chris on Thursdays. So, I mean, I was going hard. Yeah, man. You still are. Yeah, I play a lot. So... So I was uh, so I was telling Jack about the dojo. Yeah, you were, and and it was like over lunch, and you were like, "And we're gonna do lots of teaching. There's gonna be online portals and all this stuff." And I re- I just remember hearing the Piper's Dojo, and this is years ago, and I'm like, "This this guy's kind of weird. <laughs> Why are you gonna call anything a dojo?" I have that little weirdness in me. Oh yeah, you that's, do. That's but totally it works. from Donald, by the way. Oh man, Donald's so great. But like he's got that. We all, we have the passion for like doing stuff that's just a little bit like on the edge yeah you know? i can see that which but, is weird it's like totally not my like default personality style but it's like a it's like an angle yeah it's part of you and so yeah you were talking about it and, and i have like, no interest i have no he, interest in ever in any field doing something the same as other people have done it okay ever not gonna happen in competitive piping anything in my life Competitive piping is the same way. Yeah. Like that's my, that's my avatar, right? Yeah. You'll never hear me play something that's like totally down the line. Just not going to do it. I've heard you have some really good performances, but yeah. I guess there's always something that's like a little different, right. but never in a bad way. Just like, well, you can't. I also think you spend a lot of time like studying the stuff. I, I mean, do. I think that's a Donald thing for sure. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I, I really respect the people who take all the time and look at all the sources. And I'm not saying that I don't. But that naivety that you get from not doing that is part of why you're really successful right now, too. It's also one of the things that frustrates me a lot. Yeah. Is that, like, because that's what makes P-Brock, that's, that is what I love about P-Brock playing, mm-hmm. is, like, the process. It's super epi- academic. I, lo- I love the process. Yeah. Sorry, I just gotta wipe my nose. Hang You're on. You're good, buddy. Oh, it's so gross. It's like running. It's... Oh, <sighs> but I also have a thing where I can't blow my nose. What? I like can't. Like just right now, or is this like a lifelong issue? It's that a lifelong had? issue. What? <laughs> like my my little ducts in my eyeballs yeah. are like not strong enough. So, 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 so almost, what happens when you try to blow your nose? So almost any time I try to blow my nose and nothing comes out and then my ducks start to pop. Oh, that's weird. It sucks. That's really weird. And yet you don't have any issues when you're playing pipes? No. Okay. But like it's so, my wife is always like, blow your nose, you disgusting like freak. <laughs> and it's like, I can't. I can't. This I can't is so hard. It. Yeah, I can't do it. That's awesome. Uh, but. So instead I go. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I just wanted to make that sound into the microphone. So uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah. the process is what I love so so much. But right now, I feel like you know, having played the silver recently and like right. been back in the scene a little bit, it's like it's almost like they're tuning that aspect of it out a little bit, and like they're just they just want to find people that can construct a decent tune with great fingers and a good bagpipe particularly young people and that's like what they want i don't know i think you have people the donald mcdonald settings are getting really popular the setting being rewarded and the style the presentation of it is like yeah you sound like my friend dr hester it's funny yeah well you know who planted the seed in his brain was it donald no it was me really a hundred percent he spends a lot of time on that stuff i remember well he used to be on the dojo really yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. J. J. David Hester. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's in our grade three band. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good guy. Good player. Yeah. Yeah. But he's really, he's got the vitriol against mainstream Hebrock. Yeah. But I planted that seed in his head. I don't. Uh, I'm just not willing to be as angry as he seems to sometimes maybe now be. But the, his, his site's amazing. Alt Hebrock. Yeah. Band. Yeah. Like, you know, he. He definitely doesn't like the way that I play P-Rock. Yeah. But, you know, I trust my teacher and I, you know, work hard. It is what it is, right? It's filling a role 
but it's also I I really like the music the way that I'm playing it. Like I'm I'm enjoying it. If you do research, if you open the box, uh, it it's like a it it becomes a crazy world. You know, you can't unopen that. You know, you can't really close it once it's there. It's there, and and I think that's like just for one you know for for any number of reasons i don't do it but i don't think i can take the time to really invest into looking at every single setting you know it's already a struggle to play the pipes every day and i keep two instruments going at any time the thing that i the thing that i love about p-rock and it's a big part of my preparation and my like my process yeah is deep down inside Buried deep, 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 deep in the past in a place no one is supposed to be able to find anymore. P-Brock is improv, baby. Deep down inside, P-Brock is an improvisational form of music and of communication. And the way it's gone over centuries now is further and further and further away from that. To the point now where you've got a piece of paper that dictates your only options. Yeah. But that's not what it is, man. I don't know. There are clues. There are clues like too long in this condition. You know, the Donald McDonald uh, setting has become popular, of course. Yeah. But that variation is not on that piece of paper that tells you what your options are. True. Where did that come from? And And the answer is somewhere along the way. Some clever musical guy made that up. Yeah. And people liked it and they played it. Maybe they even tweaked it for themselves. Probably. Piper's warning to his master. I I love that tune. But like the whole point of that tune is that an improvisational device was used to warn his master, right? Yeah. And the Donald McDonald setting of that is amazing. Oh, yeah. But like, what is a setting, right? Just a version. I mean, a setting it, is a setting is like a setting is a a, a, a person's interpretation deviation from the yeah. accepted setting. But that's what it was, man. Like, you know how sometimes you'll go, I don't know, you go to like a jam session or like an improv, like I, I, I used to follow the band Fish. Yeah, man. But like that's like people used to like sit around the campfire. You gotta go. No, you're good. You're good. You, I mean, this isn't that kind of show. If you want to check your phone, go for it. What are people talking about? Wanting coffee. Where's and, my and phone? Then, I don't know. Oh, here it is. Anybody talking to me? Probably. You're a popular guy. Uh. People used to sit around and they used to like invent variations on common melodies and these sort of things became P-Rock and it was really kind of interesting. That's, yeah. I mean, the improvisation, when you find something that's great or good, you write it down. I mean, all composition in one way or another is improvisation. You're making something up. You're not necessarily writing it down. P-Rock wasn't ever written down Right. Really ever until pretty late on in the process. Yeah, but we can't, we don't have a time machine. Like, I think it's a living art form, you know? Yeah. But like the consequences of the competition system and of Culloden, right? Like, you know, the whole Culloden thing was big. The consequences of that have been like really huge bottleneck to the art form. No doubt. And then, and then the cost of print. Mm-hmm. Those are like the three big factors, right? Yeah. So like Culloden happened, at which point it was extremely uncool and not practical to be Gaelic. Yeah. <laughs> for like a long time. <laughs> for a good for like, while. For like six generations, right? Yeah. And then rich dudes, you know, kind of like us, you know how we think like dream catchers are cool? You know the Native American dream yeah. catcher things? Like we're like, oh, dream catchers are so cool. I'm gonna like put, a put dream, one in my house. Yeah, I'm gonna put one above my bed, and it's gonna on my rearview mirror. 
Yeah, and on my rearview mirror, like that's cool, right? That's basically what the Highland Society of London was. Yeah, you know, they're like, they're like quote unquote gentlemanly types, and they think Gaelic culture is cool, and they're like, we need to preserve this thing, man. I'm of course grossly uh, <laughs> rounding out history. This is great. But You've that, done much more research than me. But See they're it. like, but they're like, man, this stuff's dying out. Dreamcatchers are like going to be a thing of the past unless we, we save it. Well, and they, so they invested money and time and resources into like, and it wasn't just piping, but in the piping side of things, it was competitions mm-hmm. to keep the art form going. Yeah. But they had all sorts of problems with that. Like the best P-Rock players were only playing two drones. <laughs> But the people playing three drones were like wicked pissed off if two droned people won. That's because they only had two drones. <laughs> like, what the F? But, like, you don't consider that kind of thing. It's like the same kind of problems we have now, but, like, just, like, way more base. Yeah. It's like, dude, you gave him first, but he's only played two drones. You're a dick. So, sure enough, how many drones do we play now? We all play three drones because that's what, like... yeah. That's it has to be a level playing field, but so it gets streamlined into this thing. Just like we all think dream catchers are like part of every Native American like culture, I'm sure it's like just seems like, like the stupidest thing ever yeah. to like people in those communities, right? Right. Like they're definitely rolling their eyes anytime they see a dream catcher <laughs> these days, for sure. But it's like the same sort of thing. But then they have then so they have these competitions, and they're having problems like. That guy played a radically different style of P-Rock than that guy. What's going on with that? And, of course, who judged the early competitions? Non-pipers. Yeah, man. Landowners. Gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like, maybe had a little bit of proficiency, like, on the practice chanter? That's Well, no. Were there practice chanters at the time? I think so. Or was it not a thing? It would have been, like, 1800s. Maybe it wasn't a thing. I don't know. My I, my history is not like actually good. Yeah. It's just like just this these pictures I've like drawn for myself. I mean, that's cool though. Like, and you know, I actually have your your album, Masker of Glencoe. Oh, oh no, it's uh, Gilchrist. Yeah, yeah, man. I have that. That was kind of like, fun. That was a super fun project. God, I've known you for a while. Did I ever tell you that? I'm sure I haven't. So, Legend of Gil Creus, right? That, and there's a P-Rock named after it. Mm-hmm. The legend is, basically, the McDonald's snuck up on a bunch of Mackenzies when they were in church. And, and set them on fire. And, and uh, locked them in and burned them alive. Yeah. You know, it happened, it happened you know, from yeah. time to time back in the day. But anyway, so and I was doing this, I was, doing, I was trying to do a concept album. Where, you did 433 on that, didn't you? No, no, that was the other album. Okay. Uh, but this one was more like a Pink Floyd concept album or like The Who or like it, it follows cool. the story. The music was let's designed to fit like a P. It's basically like a couple of different P. Brocks are woven into the story. Yeah. Like Battle of the Strom and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Turns out to all be kind of related. That's set next year, isn't it? Is it? It's a, it's a good little so. tune. Uh, but anyway, so like we made this whole like like experimental album, but we w- I went to Scotland and did the research. That's cool. And like and like I was trying to find where Gilcreist happened, right? So like you know we go to like we find the post office in the area where it happened, and we're like, do you know if this like church is like a thing or whatever? And like and sure enough, they know. It's like oh yeah, that's so and so's farm. You go down this road no. and this road and this road and whatever. <clears throat> and then, uh, so we go, to, we go to this like property. It's just like a house and like a little farm or whatever. And sure enough, there's like a church right over there, kind of not doing much. Burnt down? Like, oh, no, no. Just like the outline? Like no, it's a real church. They, it was, they rebuilt. must have been rebuilt. Okay. But, but like, we just kind of, we're these like Americans. We start wandering around on these poor people's property kind of. <laughs> so the guy comes out like, hi. And it's like, Oh, hello. How are you? And like, I go up and I tell him like a kind of like what we're doing and how I'm like trying to find this church. And, and, uh, and he had heard nothing about it. The owner, really of, the, like this family had heard nothing about any massacre that happened in the church. Uh, but I was telling him the story and like, you know, my research kind of leads me here or whatever. 
And, and he was like, well, you know, there's a bunch of Mackenzie graves around back. Sure enough, they're these super cool old Mackenzie graves around this church, right? What? It's cool. And like, you know, so clearly this could well be the zone that this That's thing happened wild. in. But this is the best part. And they, the family had never heard of like some sort of weird massacre. And, but then he was like, but you know what's weird is my wife's sister is known around the community as having like the sixth sense kind of. Really? Like it can be in touch with the spirits type person. And she refuses to come to our house. Really? Because of like the vibe in the area. And he's like, it's, so I find it really interesting that, that uh, you're coming to me with this story because she won't come near our house. That's weird. Like she'll never come to visit. We always have to visit her because she won't come near here. And she's known around the community to kind of have the, the, I don't know what they, that's would, so they cool. would call it. But like, it was just such a trippy experience. Super fun. And like, yeah. That's wild. That's one of my favorite parts about like going around in Scotland is like just the history that, that's there. And, and like, especially out on the countryside. Yeah. People welcome strangers. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Like, they're so nice. I remember. It's really weird. It was because we're like an introverted family, kind of, the Douglases. And I was with my parents no. and all that a little bit. No, your mom's really nice. Yeah, yeah. My mom's, yeah, my mom's not introverted, I guess. But like we, you know, but we live kind of like, we've always, always kind of lived out in the country a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of by ourselves. And so it's like, it was really weird for us to just be like welcomed into people's houses, like having tea and stuff. That's weird. I mean, that's so cool though. Yeah. You know, I remember I was like in 2008, maybe, you know, 2006. When, one time I went to Scotland when I was in high school with a friend of mine well with the high school band and paula ran the trip and we walked up this mountain this hill but like most of it was just on somebody's farm and they were just like yeah you're you're good just go up the hill it's like the mccrib and cairns like that too never been really i've never been to sky what yeah it's hard to get out there we got to talk donald into doing another school after the world i would totally do that but now there, there's not that week in between. At least not for the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It will be again, though. Will it? Yeah. That's a bummer. Because then I'll have to go home and then come back. Yeah. Or you could stay in Sky for a week. Ooh. That's that, what we should do. That would be hard. Sky is the most. <laughs> Donald always. He doesn't. Donald doesn't like when I say this, but Sky is the most amazing place you've ever been on Earth. For 48 hours. And then you're like, oh my God, like I can't take it anymore. And it's just because I'm young and entitled. Well, yeah. Like, you know. So are we going for coffee or what? Yeah. Yeah? I think it's coffee we, time. We wrapping this up? I think we should. It's cool. This is fun, man. It's good. Yeah. I always like hanging out with you. I, I don't see you enough. I know. Which is lame. Well, part of it's because I can't doing things. Part of it's because well, I, you have a family and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I'm young family. I'm Mr. Single Guy who plays bagpipes and works. You're going to be on the panel soon, though. Ho- yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I took I'm the on, test. I'm on the panel again. I mean, I don't think I'll be judging much. Well, that's the thing. I think you got to be. I mean, those other the other guys do a great job of balancing it out. You know, like Dan. Dan and Ben and those guys. Ben's not on. He's not on? No. I could have sworn I saw no. him judging somewhere. Uh, he judged the Nickel Brown. Got it. Got but it. But he's not on the panel. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, you know, Ben's a great guy. So is Dan. You know, we. It, it's nice that we're all I'm not super close, close with it. I never got to know them in any sort of like deep way, but yeah, super good guys. Yeah. Amazing players. A lot of them, the guys who played in City of Washington together, like a lot of really good players came out of that era. You know, Dan, Nick, Ben, Derek, Bobby, all played in the band together. I, I never played in the city of Washington, but like, you know, I'm, I'm an honorary. You're kind member. of like a, yeah. Just like the geography, but, you know, there'll be times when, you know. When is, there, like when is the right reunion? Night. When is the city of Washington reunion going to come out? I don't think it will. Get Mike Green back for like a season? Oh, oh, that would just make my life. We keep, we're trying. He says he wants Mike to play. Mike Rogers, Paula. Well, we just saw them. I guess, I guess now that McMillan's going on, that's not really in your, you're not interested in that. You got your, yeah. you got your thing going. And with I think momentum. that a lot of the people who were there playing in, in city, that they're just, 
they're off doing their own thing and and not really playing that much but we do have a handful of them like Tim Carey's playing. He was in City of Washington. Vic Frank, uh, Chris Hamilton. Yeah. Jim Ryan. Handful of people. And then most of the drum corps played in City of Washington. We got a new bass drummer, though, who uh, Mike Cole's playing bass for us. I heard that. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's pretty cool. If Mike's listening to this, like, shout out to Mike, though. Yeah, he's pretty good. I, I want to have a podcast with him someday. For you should. Sure. He's so cool. Like, I want to get good, and I, and I want, like... I want to I want to talk to like the super big names. Yeah, but like, but I also want to you know, like to get so, sort of some of these alternate stuff. Like Andrew Donlin. Yeah, is like he's like kind of a countercultural big name. You're, <laughs> I'm the hipster good bagpiper. Yeah, like you people should know more about what what you're doing. Well, I don't think people know. I mean, that's what we haven't really talked about is like what it is that I do. What do you do? The, the, well, I run the band and I play in the solos and I have a job. Yeah. Well, you're, so you run Macmillan band. Yeah. 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 And it's three bands. You guys are quietly gathering a lot of like, uh, a lot of power. How so? Like, uh, like you're not making a big sh- giant show of it. You're not like, you're not on social media. Like, Oh, our, our band is like, uh, like look at our band. Our band is like so great. Like look at our, uh, and not to judge bands well, that do no, that. No, no. But you're quiet. It's by bad. quietly, I mean, you're just doing your thing down there. Yeah. And like, it's getting kind of a, a little bit good. And you and you have like a system underneath it. And like, this thing could take off, man. That's that's the goal. I think that's talking about the brand, though. Is here's, that there's here's nothing my, more. Here's my advice to you as someone who's been through the ringer. Yeah. Never abandon the base. Uh, for the sake of the elite band. I totally agree. Never. I totally agree. Like if the question is, do we go to the Worlds next year or refocus on the feed, uh, on the grade five band and getting more beginners in the door because we don't have a lot? Oh, yeah. It's great. The answer is grade five band. Oh, absolutely. Like we're in a really good place because we do have the youth band um, and they're not associated with McMillan. They're not part of McMillan. But there's a partnership. Obviously, we support them a lot. But that's the thing, right? Like, and I, I don't teach them. You it's can't them, have them quality? Them teaches them. He does a great job. So they turn out kids, and then, you know, like, they were in grade four. Now they're back in grade five just to help more kids play. But, you know, there's good work going on. DC was a powerhouse, and then it went dark for a little bit. And I think that, you know, McMillan... You're right. We don't do the social media thing that much. I mean, we post from time to time. It's not like it's you, you guys aren't like, look at me, look at me, look yeah. at me. You're just like playing. You just yeah, play. it's I keeping just, our heads down. And, and I think that's what I do in the solos. Got to talk about. Be quiet about it. Got to talk about like, we got to talk about figuring out how to get the sound more consistently. We had a workshop last summer with Stuart Little and Steve okay. McWhorter. Yeah. Which. A little helpful. Amazing. Yeah. Best 48 hours of piping. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to tune up the band like Stuart. And that's not no. what I want. Like you got to do it. You got to do you. Yeah. We've changed it. But uh, you got to figure out how you're going to get a good product every time. Maybe that, it won't be great every time, but it's got to be good every time. I've heard you guys sometimes where it's not. Oh, there are times when it's bad. Yeah. And you can't have that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing is McMillan doesn't have a brand. And it, the the inconsistency, that. there's inconsistency, and some of the performances can be really bad. But that's on you, man. Yeah, it's all sound. You got all these amazing players. You got to get them in tune, bro. Yeah, I. That's you know, you look back and you say, okay, what can we do better next time? And you know, there were definite times. I, I was Chris let me have the band when I was 22. So, and it was a decent grade three band. Then city of Washington broke up. We got the drum corps the following year. We won every single contest in grade three with the Celtic classic. You ever talked to Bobby Bedeer about his, about like what he learned from Richard Parks and stuff? Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's Bobby all, had it going on. He did. Uh, and, and they did, they did a great job. Yeah. But you know, geography wasn't their friend. It's all about your. It's all about your process, though. Is where I'm going with this. Yeah, and you need to. You 
need to figure out what that is and start practicing it and doing it as part of like, you know, the lifeblood of the band. That's what we've been doing since June, since last cool. June, since we had uh, Stuart out. And there were, obviously there have been minor tweaks here and there. We're not just saying, and, and he was good. He said, this is what we do. You're going to want to change it to fit your needs and in, in what works for you. My issue is learning how to get it consistent outside. We can get a sound all day long, every single time and a good sound inside. Right. Then it's the outside part that, you know, it is tough. We, we exist on a weird planet, a changing planet in the pipe band world. Like we have really extreme conditions we have to deal with that, uh, you know, uh, UK people generally really don't. Yeah. Like just the heat in the summer. That's right. I, you know, I'll tell you, we were at 488 at Maxville and we were told we were flat. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, it's, it's amazing. They'll tell you all sorts of things at Maxville to not give it to you. Well, I mean, <laughs> we were the flattest band there, I think. Yeah. Because it was just so hot. Yeah. And then bands going to Scotland, you know, you're fighting to get to 480. Right. At, at least the first day. Yep. Yeah. And once they stabilize, but it's been learning, you know, it's a, it's a process of learning how to choose the process. And I have really, I have so much help with Chris Hamilton and Vic Frank and just got to make sure you don't have too much help Yeah, in that you need to figure out what you're doing. And, uh, sometimes, uh, and it's not to say that they're wrong, but they're, their process might not fit your process. Yeah. What I told them when we, we I had got a guy named, we had a guy Jim Hagen and Oren Moore, who is a really successful pipe major, and he had his process for setting up the band. And we did eventually figure out like how to integrate and work better together, but uh but I almost had to kind of like you know, I almost had to just stop um you know, stop having him part of the process at least yeah. temporarily so that I could like establish like what I was thinking about. And yeah. then I think, and then I think at that point he was like, Oh, okay. I kind of get that now. And like, okay, how about thinking about this and this as like potential ways to tweak that process. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to establish your base first, probably. Which we finally did. So every contest I tuned the band differently for every, for, as since we got upgraded to grade two, what's up with that? Oh, I always had great ideas the morning of the contest of this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, having not really played in that many bands before, you know, Macmillan was started as the alumni band to my high school band right. that I learned in. So it's pretty much the same thing. And then I played in a handful of other bands, but really just as a kind of guest player. No, you don't have enough experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, which, which in the long run could be a really good thing. But in the yeah. short run, like you got to figure out what you're doing. Yeah. There's it's, it was a really bumpy ride and it still is going to, there are going to be those bumps, but I remember Maxville 2016. I had this wonderful idea that we were going to unseat every single channel read the morning of the contest. Oh, this is real. Um, and, and I had my pipe sergeant, was coming to me he says i think this is a terrible idea and i was like you know what i told you that i have this idea and i need to make my mistakes i when i took the band i said there's gonna be a problem you picked maxville for this yeah um it did not (laughs) hey we still got like fifth oh we still out of like nine congrats (laughs) thanks I i mean it was not good it's you know i i hope the music's getting better and i've got some you know, really great help in the band. The players are getting better. They're playing their pipes. And, you know, now that we have a system and everybody knows what to do, the second they show up to band practice, whether it's on a Monday night or one of our weekend long um, practices, which is what we do um, two days, once a month, like a, a week. No, but what do they do when they get to band? Show up to band. Even if you're late, you play your pipes, you play three, six, eights. There you go. Three, four parted six eights. Then put the channer, put the pipes down with the channer in, and then we all get together and you just play. You just play for a few sets. Then you set the drones, and then we're doing the thing that Inferiari does, with two players out keeping their pipes warm, and then checking in with one. At least that's the way it was described wait, to wait, me. Wait, tell what does it? What okay. do we? What do we do? This is okay. This is what Stuart said <coughs> at this yeah. workshop, and it was amazing that. He said, you know, you're going to get, there's a tuning team 
there are people who are getting the drones and then a master chanter. All right. Okay. I'm then, following you so far. And then, you know, somebody who's helping, you know, I don't know if this is a thing that, that you guys do, but I have somebody with me and checking the low G's mainly like low G being the basis of everything. Low G. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's a, that's an interesting one. If you move the tape on low G, everything else changes. It does. Yeah. Huh. According to the tuner apps. Got it. And you know, my ear, I uh-huh. guess, which is not an app and probably that's really weird. I've never heard that before. Really? Yeah. If you, if you flatten low G, it sharpens low A. Okay. A little bit. All right. That's some, but, uh, that's some interesting, uh, Washington DC area. I don't know, man. I mean, we learned a lot that weekend. It was really good. No, no, I know what you're. And, I'm just busting your balls. Oh, good. I, I, know I don't you know what a little you all do. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. But like when, but seriously, when when I got the band, it was a decision to say that you know, don't tell me that I'm going to mess something up if I'm if I make this decision. Let it get messed up. Experience is the best teacher. Uh-huh. Like like I will never do what I did at Maxwell 2016 again, or you know any number of tuning processes that I used now that we have our, our setup and we know what we're doing, that consistency also helps people low tone because they know what to expect. Right. That's definitely true. Yeah. All right. I'm cool. cutting you off. Good. Food. You tried to cut me off 15 minutes ago and then you kept talking. I have a coffee. That's on you. Yeah. That's your fault. Cool. Um, cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, chilling. Thank you. And uh, I think it's good for the world to get to meet you. It's People have been wondering who this masked crusader was. The bearded character. We're finishing. Yeah, we're, we're wrapping up. Any last thoughts, Carl? Last thoughts. You do look very barbecue. French. You want barbecue? I am starting to get kind of hungry. We can go get. We can go get like a little sampler. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, man. You're the man. You're pretty good. Thanks. You're looking you're pretty good. You're looking you're looking uh